All right. You guys aren't going to stay up here while I preach, right? No. Do you think that they would have the patience to sit through a 30-minute sermon? You people don't even have patience to sit through a 30-minute sermon. Uh, No, awesome. Um, All right. Luke chapter 1, verse 26. And uh, in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town called Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. Last week, we looked at the Christmas story through the perspective of Joseph. This Sunday, we're going to look at the Christmas story through the perspective of Mary. Verse 28, the angel went to her and said, greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. And Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to Mary, do not be afraid, for you have found favor with God. And you will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will call him Jesus, and he will be great. And he will be the son of the Most High, and the Lord will give him a throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever and ever, and his kingdom will never end. And then Mary had a a really powerful word of faith here. She said, how will this be? (laughs) Because I'm I'm a virgin. This, this is impossible. This, this can't be so. How can this be? And then the angel said to her, this is how it can be, because the Holy Spirit will come on you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. I, my interpretation is the power of the Most High will overshadow your weakness, will overshadow your inadequacies, will overshadow what you don't think you could do, because that's where verse 37 comes in, and, and I love this, for nothing is impossible with God. And then suddenly Mary's perspective changed from, yeah, I'm I'm just a, a virgin. This is impossible to verse 38. I am the Lord's servant. I love it. Sometimes I'll ask Diamond, I'll say, honey, where, where do you want to go to dinner tonight? And this is her response. She's so sweet. I love her. She says, I'll go anywhere as long as I'm with you, baby. Can, Can we say that to Christ? That, that I'll, I'll go anywhere as long as I'm with you. You could take me anywhere. You could use me in any way as long as I'm with you. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. And it came to pass. The topic of this morning's mini sermon, we'll see how long it goes. Could be a long time. I got four points. But the, uh, the title is The Gift of Interruption. The gift that, turn the person next to you and say, you're about to be interrupted. And then interrupt them and say, no, you're about to be interrupted. Life has interruptions, doesn't it? I got interrupted this week with with a sore throat. But God uses every interruption as a gift. And uh, just uh, about, I guess it was six months ago, um, Diamond and I were were in such an incredible place in our life. Um, We we have two amazing kids. Uh, Joseph um, was Judah. He was amazing, wasn't he? And then then Lily, um, she was an angel. She's kind of an angel. She's like 50-50, but she was an angel today. She did a fabulous job. And, and I mean, you know, we, we got a boy. We got a girl. I mean, they're, they're amazing. Life is good. You know, I, I, I had everything planned out perfectly, Diamond and I. Like, like, everything was amazing. We had a vacation scheduled for next year. We were going to be going to Cabo in April. Shout out to Cabo. Who loves Cabo? 
Cabo in the house. I, I mean, everything was amazing. And then, then all of a sudden, we got the gift of interruption in the form of an addition sign on a pregnancy test. And then all of a sudden, a couple weeks ago, we had a speaker that said, like, diapers and pampers are like the Red Sea. Once you go through it, you don't go back. But, but, but we're, we're going back, baby. We're going back to the pampers. We're going back to the diapers. We're going back to, to the, to the no, no sleep at night till it's, you know, what is that song? No sleep. We got another baby. You know, <laughs> shout out to Beastie Boys. <laughs> My millennials know what I'm talking about. And... and I, I'm life. God, I, I was so good. I had I have a, a Lincoln Navigator. I love my car. Traded in my car for a minivan. Minivan man on a mission. Hashtag, you know. I, I, Tony Bella. I was wearing sweatpants and driving a minivan. He, he goes to me. He goes, man, middle age hit you quick, huh, Pastor Isaac? <laughs> I, life gets interrupted sometimes, doesn't it? I mean, because I, I've learned to be a planner. Who, where are my planners? Any, any planners in the house? You, you, you plan, and then, and then your, your arch enemies, all the, the spontaneous people, you know? Like, I just live life by the seat of my pants. No, you're annoying, you know? The guy that just shows up unannounced, right? They used to love it. Like, like back in the day, we used to get excited when someone would show up unannounced to your house. They go, oh my gosh, we have a visitor. Now everyone just runs for cover. Who could that be? Like, like don't answer. Turn all the lights off. <laughs> like, it's, it's crazy. Like, in our house, the doorbell rings, and we don't know who's coming. It's like, it's like the death look. Like, what, did you invite someone over and not tell me? You know? I, I, I mean, we're, I, I, I have learned to be a planner. I used to not be a planner. A lot of things I still don't plan very well. Uh, but, but one thing I've learned to do, especially as a pastor, I feel like as a pastor, you have to plan. Um, I, like we, we have a, a creative team now and, and they really challenged me this year to, to plan out my series and sermons. And so now we have our, our series and sermons planned out all the way to Easter next year uh, because you, you need to be able to have a plan to change. I feel like that's so important to, to be able to give God a plan to change. Like you will always be assured that when I get to this pulpit, I will have a plan that is thought about and prayed about to be able to give God an opportunity to change. The Holy Spirit isn't a, a, a spirit of disorder where you just say, oh, I'm just going to you know, do whatever and the Holy Spirit's going to tell me what to do. No, you need to study. You need to plan. You need to st show yourself approved and do things with excellence so that the Holy Spirit can operate through you. And so this Christmas story, though, is like a case of terrible planning, isn't it? I mean, come on. Mary, you show up. You have no room at the inn. You, you, you show up um, unannounced. I mean, come on. This is, ever wonder, like, God, why don't you give us more advanced notice of when you're going to change our plans? You know, because if, if you planned according to my schedule, I could help you so much more. If you would give me some advance notice. But unfortunately, God doesn't always let us know when he decides to interrupt our lives. When, when the plans begin to change, God doesn't always give us the heads up. Uh, one of my favorite quotes about planning comes from uh, Dwight Eisenhower. He said, in preparing for battle, I've always found that plans are useless, but planning is indispensable. Uh, there's one of my other favorite quotes on planning. 
um, is everybody has a plan until they get punched in the mouth. That came from philosopher Mike Tyson. Came up with, with, with that one. And, and then, you know, what? probably, probably uh, my, my favorite one in, in the Bible uh, on planning from, from Solomon said, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. As we get ready for Christmas, I want you to know that there are going to be some surprises, that there are going to be some people that show up out of nowhere. There's going to be things that pop up out of nowhere. There's going to be things that, that, that people say that you weren't prepared for. A lot of times you look at Christmas and it was a change of plans for a lot of us. Like, I know that you thought that you were going to be spending Christmas with both your parents this year, but now you're going to have two Christmases because life's been interrupted. I know you thought that you were going to have your spouse this Christmas to be able to celebrate with, but there's been a change of plans. I know you thought that that stream of income was going to be there for, for the rest of your life, but there's been a change of plans. And, and, and a lot of times when we go through a season of change, we lose sight of the fact that God never changes, that he's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. And, and I want you to know that no matter what happens to you this Christmas, no matter what things change, no matter whether they like the gift or they don't like the gift, whether they say the right thing or they don't say the right thing to you, don't let the plans change the purpose that God wants to bring forth with you going into 2019. Mary, I, I know that you were planning a wedding, but there's been a change of plans. Now you got to go register at Babies R Us, hashtag bankrupt, sorry, somewhere else, Amazon, everyone's registering at Amazon because there's been a change of plans. So the four areas I, I want to talk to you about making room in your life for is number one, uh, make room in your life this Christmas for interruptions. Interruptions. Uh, a lot of times we, we hate interruptions in our life. You know, we plan and we have everything thought out so well. Uh, I remember in, in my life, uh, growing up, I had my, my plan all set of, of what I was going to do with my life, that, that I, I was going to be able to, and, and I did, go, go to college, get a baseball scholarship. I, I trained, played my entire life. I had everything planned out so perfectly. And then I remember when I was 21 years old, and I met with a doctor after we played the, the uh, Naval Academy, and I threw a ball from right field, and all of a sudden my right shoulder went numb, tingling down my fingers, went with the doctor the other day, and he says, we have to operate on your shoulder, you tore your labrum, you're never going to be able to throw a baseball like that ever again. And when he said that, it was like a death sentence for me. I know that that's very petty to you, but when you put so much work into something, when you plan your life around something coming to pass, and then all of a sudden you get news that that is not going to come to pass, that it's over, you got to find another plan. That could be heart-wrenching. That could be, you know, that pit in your stomach feeling because there's been a change of plans. But I want you to know that even though my life was interrupted, there is an invitation even in the interruptions. And God had an invitation for me uh, uh, that summer to be able to find my destiny and find my purpose as he opened up a door for me to go to Los Angeles to be able to introduce get introduced to my wife and be able to find my purpose. But if I remain bitter and get frustrated because my plan didn't come to pass, I would have missed God's purpose in that. Just because 
there's an interruption in your plans doesn't mean God's promise has changed. Number two, I want you to, to, to make room in your life for inconveniences. Luke chapter 1, verse 29, the angel of the Lord came to Mary, and she was greatly troubled. And the angel said, do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. Yeah, hallelujah. Doesn't feel like favor with God, though. I thought the favor of God was finding a parking place at the Mammoth Mall right in front of the movie theater. That's favor. Hashtag favor finder. You know, I, I, I thought that. No, 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 no. Honey, honey, sir, sir. You have been sold a bill of goods that is not the favor that I read about in the Bible. God's favor is not there to take away your problems. God's favor a lot of times isn't there to make your life more comfortable and more convenient. But God's favor is there for you as a gift to get you through the trouble and the struggle and the challenges that you're being burdened by in life right now. So Mary, you have found favor with God. You, it may be inconvenient for a season. You may have to try and explain to people how you got divinely pregnant, you know, didn't get knocked up at a Nazarene nightclub pregnant. I, 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 I sorry, off the cuff. It may be inconvenient for a season, but God's favor is on you to get through this season in your life. And, and, and for a lot of us, the reason why Christmas, we struggle and, and, and we get so frustrated in Christmas is because we love our idea of Christmas. Our idea of Christmas is, I kind of think of like the Christmas card. Who does Christmas cards in here? Awesome. Awesome. I do a Christmas card. Um, I, I think it's hysterical when you get a Christmas card. And it's just like a dog on the Christmas card. Like, what is that? Like, <laughs> I want to see you. Send me you. I want to see you. Like, but, but the reason you don't want to send you is because you don't like any of the pictures with you in it. <laughs> I know because I take pictures of me in them. I remember it was, it was two weeks ago. We went to go take our Christmas pictures with our kids right out front. Took like 50,000 Christmas pictures. Not one of them could me and my wife agree on that we thought we both looked, um, you know, acceptable in. You know, the, 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 because every single picture, you know, you got the kids off here. You got, you know, Judah screaming. You got cake all over people. I remember one year we were doing a Christmas card, and Lily locked herself in the car with the radio on. We were panicked. We were freaking out. And, and then we took the perfect Christmas card picture right after that because Christmas cards are a lie. I get your Christmas cards, and I, I, I just laugh at them because I know it's all a lie. I look at you all happy, and I know what the picture was like before that. You, you know, your, your, your kid just, just, just you know, uh, yelled at you, just, just did so. You, you yelled at your wife, you know, and that's what happens. I get it, but because we're married to the idea of Christmas, we look at everything as an inconvenience, and that leads me to number three. Make room this Christmas for imperfections. Make room for imperfections. Things don't have to be perfect. I, I, this is one of my things I struggle with because, especially when it comes to church and this, I'm like a perfectionist. I always see what's missing. I, I, I'll, I'll see like which light bulb is not on. I'll, I'll see the things that nobody else sees because I, I have a struggle celebrating progress because I have an expectation of perfection. 
And when you do that, you cannot celebrate the progress that you're making. And, and for us, you could be in a moment and everything's great, but that table's messy over there. You can be in an incredible moment, but I wonder what that person's thinking about me. You can be in an incredible moment, but I should be so further along in life than I am right now. We need to celebrate progress. Um, it's easy when we have, you know, little babies and, you know, Diamond's pregnant now. We celebrate progress. Like we have this sonogram. I, I got it right here. That's, uh, that's baby Dewey right there. And everyone's like, oh, my gosh. He looks just like you, Pastor Isaac. Like, what are you looking at? It's a blob. And we just celebrate the, this blob. It's amazing. Let's throw a party. And then we get older, and we stop celebrating any progress that we ever make in our life because we're, we're expecting perfection, and we cannot celebrate the progress that we're making. I want you to know that you are doing better than you think you are this Christmas, that, that you are more blessed than you think you are, that you have more joy inside of you than you think you do, and you need to have a party for progress this Christmas. You may not be where you want to be yet, but have a party for progress. I know your kids are still getting C's and B's and you want them to get A's. Celebrate the progress. Celebrate the fact that you have kids that can get C's. I know they could do better, but love those kids. Get those kids some great Christmas presents this Christmas and celebrate the progress that they're making. Find the joy in those kids, even though they just, you know, messed up your room and, and, and threw stuff in the back of your car. Celebrate the progress. I'm so glad that God doesn't wait until we're perfect, Renee. I'm so glad that, that God didn't wait till we cleaned up our act. But, but God showed his great love for us that while we were still sinners, sent his son to die for us. That while we were imperfect, while we were still a work in progress, Christ saw something that was worth his only son's blood and said, you know what? I'm going to send my son down there for the lamb that was slain before the foundations of the world to do what they cannot do because he expected our imperfections. So he incarnated perfection and the word became flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld his glory, the only glory of the begotten, full of grace and truth. Don't expect perfection this Christmas. Realize that even though things aren't perfect, I could celebrate the progress. I thought about how in Luke chapter 2, when Mary and Joseph were going back to Bethlehem, there was a census that was being taken, and everybody had to return to their hometowns. And here's Joseph and here's Mary going back to their hometown. It says that they're going back to Bethlehem. And there was no room in the inn. But that's their hometown. That's where they grew up. That's where their family is. That's where their cousins are. That's where their parents are. And there's no room. Why was there no room for them? Because nobody wanted to be seen with them. They were rejected by their own flesh and blood. There was no room in the house that they grew up in, even though there was a pregnant woman about to give birth. And you think your rejection was bad. 
and you think that person not calling you back was bad. But I want you to know this Christmas that one of the, the words that we could get from Mary and Joseph was, it wasn't rejection. It was just a redirection. And I want, that's for somebody in here. That's, that's for somebody in, in the back. That's for somebody in the front. That you were rejected. It, it wasn't a rejection. It was a redirection. That God used that rejection to get you exactly where he wants you to be. And just because they didn't love you, and just because he didn't love you, doesn't mean that you have to hold on to what they did for you forever. God has a new man for you, sweetheart. God has a man that's going to love you the way that you deserve to be loved. Stop trying to hold on to the one who rejected you. God just wants to redirect you to the right man, but you have to let go of that baggage, let go of that hurt, let go of that brokenness so that you could receive the new gift that God wants to give you this Christmas. It wasn't rejection. It was just a redirection. And this is, this is my fourth and final point. Make room for impossibilities this Christmas. God wants to do things in your life that, that defy what you could even imagine. But the direction I want to go with this point is a little bit of a different direction. Because a lot of you are bearing impossible burdens this Christmas. That you have gone through things that you are so burdened by this Christmas. I love it when the piano comes in. Perfect, perfect time. And, and Mary, this angel comes to her, says, you found favor with God, and, and you're, you're going to give birth to a son, and no one's going to understand it, and, and you, you're going to have to be ridiculed, and you're going to be embarrassed, and you're going to have to carry this burden for nine months. And, and Mary's response was, how can this be? I am a virgin. And I wonder if you ever said that in your life, when you're faced with a challenge. How can this be? How can this be? My, my kids won't even pick up the phone to call me. How can this be? What, what did I do wrong? How can this be? I, I'm, I'm totally losing my spouse. Like, we're, we're like roommates. We used to be so affectionate with one another. We used to, 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 to be able to romance one another. And, and now I feel like we're just getting through life for the kids. How can this be? And you're bearing this impossible burden. How can this be? I, I can't believe I'm celebrating Christmas without my spouse. I'm celebrating Christmas without my kids. I'm celebrating Christmas this year, and, and there was a tragedy, and, and this person that I thought was going to be wrapping a gift, unwrapping a gift with me under the tree is up in heaven now. How can this be? And there, there was a, a, a woman that I've known for about, probably about three, four years. She has been so philanthropic with the Jersey Shore Dream Center. And she's helped us out immensely. And I talked to her about a month ago, and she was telling me that her, her daughter that was six months old just passed away on Thanksgiving. And, I, I mean, what do you say to that? I, I mean, it, it, it was no, no response, right? You know, what, what do you say? I'm praying, you know, of, of course. Um, and, and the reason that she reached out to me uh, wasn't just to tell me that news, but was to tell me that she wanted to donate all the diapers, all the supplies, 
gift cards included to go to the Jersey Shore Dream Center so that we could give that to, to help other kids in need in the Jersey Shore. And, and this was her, her word. She said, I want this pain to have a purpose. And it, it made me think of something that, that I found in my, my notebook. Um, I, I was doing a series on Psalm 23, and I, I found this, this note that my dad had written on it. And it was in, this is the notebook I used, and my dad had some old papers in there. And it had all these things written about Psalm 23 and about um, the, the Lord is my shepherd. And he actually even wrote in there that, that Isaac, you are a shepherd. You lead. You, you minister. And it, it was really powerful for me knowing that uh, I preached that series at exactly the right time. And then on that is this one scripture that my dad preached one of his last sermons with. And it's the scripture. Uh, it's 1 Kings chapter 18, verse 12. And, and it says, when I have departed from you, the spirit of the Lord will carry you. I feel like that is a word from the heavens for me and for you this Christmas. That some things may have departed from you. Some people may have departed from you. And you may be saying to yourself, how can it be? How can this be? How can I be in this position? But that is when the word from heavens comes to you, that when they have, when it has departed from you, the spirit of the Lord will carry you. How can it be, Mary said? This is how it can be. Because the spirit is going to come on you, Mary, and overpower and overshadow your weakness. The Bible says in Corinthians that when we are weak, he is strong. We have our plans but God has his plans. One of our scriptures that a lot of us have memorized is Jeremiah 29, verse 11. It says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. But they're his plans, not your plans. Just because your plans got interrupted, just because your plans changed doesn't mean that God's promise has changed. God's promise, God's purpose over your life still remains. This is the, the, the last uh, little story I want to share with you guys, and then we're going to close and uh, do the little candle lighting. Everybody have their candles? No? They're all in the, the seat back pockets in front of you. Um, who, who has a, a real Christmas tree in here? Real Christmas tree? All right. Who has a fake Christmas tree in here? Fake Christmas tree? I, I, I prefer the fake Christmas tree, just to be honest, because the, 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 the real Christmas tree, the needles get, get all over the place, and it just seems like a lot more work. Um, but one year we did do the, the real Christmas tree, and we went and we, we, we cut it out, um, and uh, we put it in, in our house, and, and it looks so beautiful. The tree probably looked more beautiful in our house than it did out in the snow or the wild. It looked beautiful. We put these amazing ornaments on it. We decorated it with these beautiful lights. Not these lights, but, but other lights. We, we had little pictures. We had a star we put on it, and, and it was so beautiful. And, uh, and some people, when they have a, a real Christmas tree, they, they make it look even more beautiful when they bring it in their house and they put gifts under it. 
and everybody huddles around this beautiful Christmas tree that looks so amazing, but that Christmas tree is dead. Did you know that? I know we call it a living Christmas tree, but it's actually dead. It was dead the moment that it was cut from the ground. It, it was dead. I know it, it looks great, but it was dead the moment that it was cut down. And you water it, and you make it look so pretty. But it was dead the moment that it was cut from the ground. Christmas is not a holiday. Christmas is a rescue mission. What, what is this rescue mission? The rescue mission was an innocent, perfect Savior who came down in a manger. I don't know where that manger is. It's gone. Came to this world to rescue you from your sins, from your shortcomings, from your selfishness. As the Bible says, the wages of sin is death, that God's standard is perfection. That if you don't meet that standard, then you're, you're going to have to, to, to pay for every mistake that you've made. And every one of us, we're, we're like that Christmas tree that gets cut down. And this is what we do. We think that if we decorate it real nice, that somehow we could cover up the fact that we're dying on the inside. And so we put some nice ornaments on it, and, and we get real excited when people huddle around us. You know, we get a lot of friends, and, and we look so great, but, but we are dead. We are dying from the inside out. But what I love about what Jesus did is Jesus didn't come to put gifts under the tree. Jesus said, I'm going to put myself on the tree so that you who is dead can now be alive in Christ. His gift doesn't go under the tree. His gift goes on the tree. Because when he bled out and, and died on that cross, he did that to save you, to interrupt your life with salvation. And that's what I want you to receive this, this morning, is the gift of interruption. That God is about to interrupt your life. He's about to become real to you in 2019. That this is going to be the greatest year of your life. Why? Because you got that new job. Why? Because you, 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 you finally were able to, to make enough money to provide your kids with the education that you wanted to. No, 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 no. This is going to be the greatest year of your life. Because finally, it's the year where you put God where he belongs. In the center of it all. It's what Christmas is, man. Our, our, our kids, they fight over presents, but come on. This is a rescue mission. The fact that our lives were interrupted by a Savior who died on a cross to give us eternal life. Let's bow our heads right now. Father, we thank you for your presence this morning, God. We thank you that you came and rescued us, Lord God. I pray, Father, that everyone in here will know how much you love them. Pray that they'll know, Lord God, that you have a plan and a purpose for their life. And they may have had their plans that got changed, that got interrupted. But God, your promise still stands in their life. I pray, Father, that this Christmas we will embrace interruptions, will embrace inconveniences, that we won't expect perfection. And that we know that even though this burden feels impossible, that with God, nothing is impossible. 
you're in here this morning and you want to be able to have a clean heart again, if, if, if you want to be able to have a fresh start with the Lord, if you want to have a relationship with him this Christmas, how do I do that? The Bible says that you believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord and you shall be saved. This Christmas, if, if that's your, your prayer, on the count of three, I just want you to lift your hand. Why do I have to lift my hand? Because it's a public thing. Jesus died on a cross publicly. And he asked that we acknowledge him publicly. If you want to make that commitment to Christ, the count of three just wants you to raise your hand. One, two, three. Raise them up all over. Yes. Yes, God, you see these hands now. Let's just say this prayer together as a church. Everyone in here. Dear Jesus, thank you for coming. Thank you for rescuing me, for dying on a cross for my sins. And I pray that this morning you'll create a clean heart, forgive me of my sins, and give me new purpose and new destiny. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Give the Lord a big hand clap if you would, as, as people are, are coming into the kingdom of God this morning. I hope that sermon really blessed and encouraged you. And if it did, and you want to support our ministry so we can help these sermons get out to more people, please go to the giving link in the description button below this video. Please subscribe to our YouTube channel so you can get instant updates when we upload new sermons and testimonies. God bless.